With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host and co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you today to talk about, that's right, you got it, Pittsburgh Steelers football as the Steelers continue to prepare for the 2020 regular season. They're at Heinz Field, they're in their training camp setting, and they've donned the pads for the second straight day. It's an exciting time for Pittsburgh Steelers fans all over the place i got to be honest, I've been keeping a really close eye on everything that's happening at Heinz Field from afar, obviously. Listening to what players are saying, what they're suggesting, who they're talking about. And my goodness, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of camp. Now, a lot of fans were a little disappointed. I get it. I really do. They expected more from day one with pads on Monday. They just wanted to hear something positive from things like backs on backers and They just didn't get that. I wrote this as our recap uh, yesterday on Tuesday, and I said, sometimes no news is good news. The news that you typically get from these early days of camp with the pads on are, wow, look at this guy, and oh no, this player got hurt. The Steelers didn't necessarily have the, oh wow, look at this guy, unless you count Ben Roethlisberger, which by the way, that's a big deal. But they also didn't have the, oh, no, this guy got hurt. So that's a positive. Now, let's go back to Tuesday. 
Tuesday morning, Joe Hayden is one of the players that is available for Zoom interview by the Steelers public relations team. And he talked about a lot of things. You know who he talked about probably the most? Probably more than anyone else or anything else during his entire interview session? He talked about rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool. That's who he talked about. And he didn't just mention his name. He used terms that were, I mean, glowing terms about Chase Claypool. He called him a baller. He said that he can be a problem in the National Football League. Talked about how he has the size, strength, and athleticism to dominate. This is coming from Joe Hayden. This isn't coming from someone, let's say, I don't know, Justin Lane, a second-year cornerback, not really played too much, hasn't really been around that much, and therefore his opinion doesn't really weigh into the equation. Joe Hayden is a different beast. Joe Hayden is a guy who's gone up against the best wide receivers that the game has to offer. You're talking DeAndre Hopkins. You're talking T.Y. Hilton. You're talking about Antonio Brown when he first came over to Pittsburgh from Cleveland when Cleveland released him. He's been up against the best. And for him to say this, look, that's a glowing endorsement for me in terms of how maybe pro-ready the rookie from Notre Dame is. So as I'm thinking more and more about it, I'm thinking about what Joe Hayden said. I'm also thinking to myself, what are some actual realistic expectations for this kid? Because he is a kid. Uh, that he's, a, he's a big kid, <laughs> but he is still nonetheless a kid. He's a young player. So let's talk about his potential and his versatility. Okay, well, first and foremost, he is very versatile. He can run routes from the slot. He can even be an inline type player, almost like a flex tight end. He is obviously, if you watched any film or if you just looked at highlight reels, run blocking is always on there. I don't think the Steelers fans have seen a player block like this maybe since Heinz Ward. And I'm not talking about the crackback blocks. They are fun to watch. Juju Smith-Schuster hitting Vontez perfect still gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling when I think about it. But ultimately, when it comes to being a guy that just goes out and blocks, not necessarily decletes players, not that that's a bad thing, but doesn't have to decleat players, but can actually do his job in the running game, that's Chase Claypool. So that's definitely a part of his skill set that the Steelers can utilize. He can play outside, and he's definitely a red zone threat. Definitely a red zone threat. So when you look at Chase Claypool, you're saying to yourself, okay, what in the world are we talking about in terms of size? Well, let's look at just simple things here. Let's look at size. He is six foot four. 230 pounds. Now that is essentially Ben Roethlisberger, give or take a few pounds. And this kid is not overweight in any stretch of the imagination. He is lean. He is long. He's ripped. 6'4", 230 pounds. Speed, the NFL scouting combine, he ran a 4'4", 40-yard dash. People that size are not supposed to move that fast, period. They're not supposed to move that fast, yet here we are. So the Steelers selected this kid in the second round 
And some people thought it was a little bit of a stretch. The Steelers clearly liked him. They, they had him tabbed as a player that they could take with their top overall pick, and that's exactly what they did. But let's take a look at some pros and cons here of what Claypool brings to the team. I'm going to read to you a little bit. This comes from the Draft Network. This is their scouting report for Claypool coming into the NFL. Pros first. Height, weight, speed, a physical specimen. Won't get bumped off his spot as a route runner or at the catch point, and he embraces the physical components of the position. Comes down with his share of contested catches where he finds success because of his frame and body positioning. Love the way he competes after the catch and challenges defenders with physicality. He isn't overly creative, but he battles for yards and works to find space. Has experience adjusting to erratic throws from the Notre Dame quarterbacks, and he improved their accuracy. Does well to extend his catch radius, particularly above the rim. He isn't overly twitchy, but there is some deceptiveness to his route running ability. He will eat up off-man coverage and will be a mismatch from the slot. He makes good adjustments running routes against his own defense, showcasing good pace and timing. Experienced working on special teams coverage units. Uh, those are the pros. And I haven't even talked about special teams yet, but yet they put it in there. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't any negatives. He was a second-round draft pick for a reason. Let's read those cons. Invites a lot of contact while offering plenty of surface area, and him beating press coverage with consistency is an area of concern. He lacks ideal agility to truly create separation at the top of routes, and he has considerably more success when runaways are created for him to gain leverage. Would not call him a natural hands catcher, and he prefers to it prefers to guide it into his frame. There are reps where he doesn't appear ready for the balls to arrive. I don't envision much success separating with hard horizontal breaks or working back to the football on hooks and curl routes. So there you have some cons. He might struggle with man coverage. He might struggle with those quick slants unless it's maybe red zone where he can block you know, box someone out. But ultimately, I'm reading these, and it, it, that, those cons don't seem that glaring. So there's nothing that I just read that said, oh, my gosh, this is, I can't believe the Steelers took this guy as their top pick. So they go down and infer, they, they, they break it down even further. They're, his best trait is his size. His worst trait is his separation slash quickness. He has zero red flags. And they say that Chase Claypool illustrated steady growth throughout his career at Notre Dame, peaking as a senior in 2019 when he caught 66 passes for 1,037 yards and 13 touchdowns. The appeal with Claypool stems from his size, catch radius, and straight line speed. He finds success in contested situations and has the ability to outmuscle and most outmuscle most defenders. With that said, separation quickness release technique and inconsistent catching technique are notable items to be concerned with when projecting him to the next level. Claypool is likely to be challenged with plenty of contact at the release and catch point in the NFL, making it necessary for him to continue to showcase his physical demeanor and win in tightly contested situations. Claypool has limitations to be mindful of, but he can fulfill a niche role as a big slot that provides a complementary weapon for an offense that features speed and separation specialists to draw coverage away from Claypool and provide space for him to work. 
Claypool is a proven special teams performer, adding value to his incomplete skill set that will enable him to stick at the next level. So they kind of said, look, here's the deal. This kid can play. He can play at the pro level. But at the same time, he needs some help to help him see one-on-one coverage and often off-ball coverage. And they talked about putting him in the slot. And that's something that I mentioned earlier, is that one of his versatile traits is that he can play the slot. That's not foreign to him at all. And so when you look at Chase Claypool, you're thinking, okay, how are the Steelers going to utilize him? Well, the draft profile shows that there's a lot of different ways that the Steelers can utilize him. And special teams is one of them. For these six rookies, for the Steelers to go on a quick sidebar, whether you're talking about Anthony McFarland, Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, everyone but a lineman, and they had two of them, you are looking at having them to be, they they have to be able to play special teams. You have to be able to play special teams. Because if you can't play special teams, you are limiting your ability to be a game day start. So you think about someone like Antoine Brooks. If Antoine Brooks is not a special teams player or they don't trust him to play special teams, then that's a concern. That would make them think twice about potentially having him on the game day roster. Doesn't mean he's not going to make the team, but they might not have him as a game day roster player because he is not even playing special teams. You want your depth players to be able to play special teams. So that's something that Chase Claypool definitely has in his back pocket that he is not only a guy that can play the slot, he can play on the outside, very good run blocker, definite red zone threat for the big body, something that Ben Roethlisberger has been requesting basically since Plexico Burris left, looking for that big bodied receiver. But he's also a special teams ace. He's selfless enough that he's willing to say, you know what? I will play special teams. I will run down here. I will make tackles. I'm not scared. I'm going to make plays because it's going to help my team win. And he did that at Notre Dame, folks. So you're talking about a kid that's a star receiver for his college team, and he was still playing special teams. That's not common. That's not common. But what you'll find out is that a lot of stuff about Chase Claypool is not common. And Joe Hayden talked about his work ethic. His work ethic shows that he is going to stick around for a long time and be a really good player. Joe Hayden has been around this league for a long time. Don't think for a second that he's just buttering the bread, so to speak. He understands what he sees across the line of scrimmage from him. And he's been beaten already a couple times by Chase Claypool. He admitted that himself in the interview. So now the question is, what should we expect from Claypool as a rookie? We're going to dive back into history, and we're going to really focus on that right after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. fans jeff hartman here your host here of let's ride the podcast which is part of the behind the steel curtain.com family of podcasts or our podcast platform i hope that wherever you're listening which i looked at the data and it's well over 50 percent of you listen on itunes or apple podcasts we ask only that if, if you love the content if you've been coming back because you love the the difference of shows the different opinions the studio shows in the morning and the live shows in the afternoon then please 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 Give us a five-star rating. Give us a good comment. We appreciate it. I tell you what, maybe starting next week, I'll check our comments for any any rating, any good comment we get. I will read it on the air at the very end of the show. How about that? So let's try that, and we'll see how that goes. But I talked about, and I teased before our first segment ended, about how we're going to kind of go back into the past and take a look at the past players, the past rookies, some notable names in regards to uh, you're looking at Steelers and, and sometimes other players, how they did as a rookie, and maybe we can draw some comparisons there. So let's do that. All right, so let's look at Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was a rookie in 1998. He played in 16 games. He had 15 receptions on 33 targets, 246 yards receiving. His longest catch was 45 yards, zero touchdowns as a rookie. Remember, Heinz Ward was a converted quarterback coming out of Georgia was primarily a special teams player, and he did not play much as a rookie. Very, very low numbers there. Let's go to Plaxico Burris. Plaxico Burris was drafted out of Michigan State in 2000. He played in 12 games as a rookie. He had 22 receptions on 65 targets, 273 yards receiving, and a long reception of 39. Zero touchdowns. Okay, zero touchdowns. What you need to know and remember about these two players before I go any further is who was throwing them the football. That's important. Heinz Ward in 1998, that wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. It's Cordell Stewart. Plexico Burris in 2000, that too is Cordell Stewart and or eventually the Tommy Maddox era. That matters, just so you know. Let's keep that in perspective. Okay, let's move on. 2006, the Pittsburgh Steelers take out of Ohio State I'm sorry, the, air quotes, the Ohio State, can't stand that, and Santonio Holmes. Santonio Holmes played in 16 games as a rookie. He had 49 receptions on 86 targets. He had 824 yards receiving, a long of 67 yards, and he had two touchdowns. Pretty good numbers when you look at Santonio Holmes' rookie year. Then we go to Mike Wallace. Out of Ole Miss in 2009, he played in 16 games. He had 39 receptions on 72 targets. He had 756 yards receiving as a rookie with a long reception of 60. Here's the kicker with Mike Wallace. He had six touchdowns as a rookie. Six touchdowns. But just take a look before I go any further because there's a couple more players I want to get to. Heinz Ward, 33 targets, 
Plexico Burris, 65 targets. San Antonio Holmes, 86 targets. Mike Wallace, 72 targets. Look at the increase in targets depending on who was their quarterback, the system they were running. This all plays a role. I don't want people to think that we should look down upon Plexico Burris or Heinz Ward's rookie year. It was a different game. It was a different team. And it was a different quarterback. Let's go to 2010, six-round pick out of Central Michigan. We all know Antonio Brown only played in nine games as a rookie. And he was not a, a regular. Uh, didn't really turn on turn it on till the end of his rookie season. Nine games, 16 receptions on 19 targets, had 167 yards with a long of 26 and no touchdowns. Lastly, everyone remembers Juju Smith-Schuster's rookie year in 2017. Played in 14 games. We all remember the Vontez Burfecht suspension. He had 58 receptions, 79 targets, 917 yards receiving with a long of 97. Everyone remembers the game in Detroit when he did that, 97 yards. He's done it twice, actually. And he had seven touchdowns as a rookie. Remarkable numbers from Juju, and we all know who was the quarterback at that time. I'll never, for, I'll never forget when... The Steelers drafted Claypool. One of my jobs was with the website BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is to try to find something interesting, something engaging that might already be on the internet, whether it's a highlight video, whether it's a Chase Claypool celebrating with his family. You're always looking for something. And I found this video. It was from NBC Sports. It was Chris Sims. Love him or hate him. That's who it was. He was comparing... Uh, Chase Claypool to Calvin Johnson, Megatron, and he thinks that, my gosh, this kid looks just like Megatron. Now, that's that's some rarefied air there, folks. Some rarefied air. But I was like, hey, let's go back and look at Megatron's rookie year, and let's see what he did. Megatron's rookie year in Detroit, he played in 15 games. He had 48 receptions, 93 receptions for 756 yards, along of 49 and four touchdowns. Yeah, that was Megatron. And he came into Georgia Tech looking like, my goodness, this kid's going to be unstoppable. Turned out to be unstoppable. But remember, playing in Detroit, who's the quarterback at that time? It wasn't Matthew Stafford. I don't know if it was Dan Orlovsky or any number of clunkers they had up there in Detroit. But those were Megatron's numbers. Now, you might be sitting there listening in your car or at home or in your, on the treadmill or riding a bike, you might be going, well, who holds the record for most receiving yards from in, in NFL history? Okay, so believe it or not, the, 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 the rookie receiving yards record is held by Bill Groman, who was in 1960, played for Houston, had 1,473 yards. In 2003, Anquan Bolden for Arizona had 1,377 yards. And then Randy Moss in 1998 for the Minnesota Vikings had 1,313. Those rookie years are ridiculous. So when you look at these numbers, what can you expect from Claypool? What can fans realistically expect from Chase Claypool? That is a honest to goodness question that has to be answered because I think a lot of fans expect this physical specimen of Chase Claypool to come in and be able to just dominate from day one. I'm not suggesting that he's not going to be able to dominate. I am just saying that maybe we need to figure out what are some actual realistic expectations for this kid. The first thing that I think of 
is there's only one football to go around. You look at the receivers that the Steelers obviously already have. And I say receivers, I'm talking about anyone that could potentially catch the football. So they have Juju Smith-Schuster as their number one, the most veteran play receiver on their team, which is crazy to think about considering he's only in year four, but he is the veteran guy. Deontay Johnson is turning into a potential superstar in the league if he continues on his current trajectory, even only going into year two. James Washington kind of carved out his own niche in the offense last year. Eric Ebron is a tight end and a free agent acquisition is going to demand some looks, some targets, some receptions, and the same will go with Vance McDonald. But let's also not forget a guy like Ryan Switzer. People love to knock on Ryan Switzer. They love to hate on Ryan Switzer. But the fact of the matter is this. Ryan Switzer is a guy that if he is in the slot, we already know that the Steelers are going to A, have a plan for him, and B, he has a good connection with Roethlisberger. We already know this. So he's going to demand some targets and some receptions. Anytime a guy like Ryan Switzer gets five targets in a game, those are five potential passes that technically could have been going to someone like Claypool. And let's not forget that you have guys like James Conner and running backs coming out of the backfield who are also going to be getting receptions and getting targets. Ben Roethlisberger has long been known for dropping back to pass, things break down, pocket is collapsing, he just turns, throws it to the receiver, the running back in this, where... He's like the safety valve. Le'Veon Bell did it to perfection. James Conner does it when he's healthy. And next thing you know, you have a catch and run for 7, 10, 15 yards. And it was just real easy. Those are also targets that are going to take away from Claypool. So when I look at these past players, okay, when I look at someone like Mike Wallace and say, man, could Chase Claypool have those type of numbers? Play in 16 games, 39 receptions, 756 yards, and six touchdowns? That would be incredible. Or could he actually have a Plexico Burris-type season? 22 receptions, 273 yards, and no touchdowns. To me, I feel like there's an in-between there. And to be honest with you, the in-between might be Closer to Mike Wallace in receptions. A little bit less in Mike Wallace in yards. You're talking about 756 for Wallace. I might say closer to 600. But I think the touchdowns are going to be up there. I think that even just after two days of padded practice, my goodness, you have seen what Chase Claypool can do in the red zone. The guy is six foot four, 230 pounds. I'm sorry. But if you put him on the outside, in the red zone, and you have him going up against a defender who is maybe six feet tall and weighs 180 pounds soaking wet, that is a mismatch for the Steelers. I don't care if he's a rookie. I don't care if that draft profile that I read earlier in the show says that sometimes he doesn't have the best situational awareness. Malarkey. And I'm not talking about Mike Malarkey. Malarkey. That's a mismatch. So I think that this kid in Claypool is going to be able to score touchdowns. I would think that if the yards are not that great, touchdowns will be. Am I expecting a Jericho Cotri 10-touchdown season? No. But a 5-6? Absolutely. Absolutely. So he might not have the yards, but he might have the touchdowns. And ultimately, when you look at how they're going to have to spread the football around this year, 
yards might be at a premium for a lot of players. They might not have two receivers break the 1,000-yard plateau, and that's okay. If Juju Smith-Schuster has 1,200 yards receiving, Deontay Johnson with 900, James Washington with 700, and you go down the line and, and Ebron might have six, you might have Claypool with five, that's not a bad thing. In my opinion, that's a great thing. That shows that this offense is versatile, and it's not specific to one player. You don't have that Antonio Brown. You don't have that Mike Wallace. You don't have any number of players that has been through Pittsburgh that was the clear-cut one that everyone knew was going to get looks. If Ben Roethlisberger can spread the ball around, that's the best the offense can be. One factor, too, when you think about production, because that's what we're ultimately talking about here. Joe Hayden can say whatever he wants. Joe Hayden can make him seem like the next Megatron. But we're talking about production. We're talking about what can he actually do for the Steelers on offense to win. And my fear is that the Steelers consider him to be more of a situational player. I mean, look at the, look at the depth chart right now. Juju's one, Deontay Johnson two, James Washington is your three. And I would probably say just from wide receivers that Claypool comes in at four. The problem is, is that if you're going to be running two tight end sets with Ebron and McDonald, they're going to only have to have certain plays and certain sub packages or situational, situational packages, put it that way, for the offense where they get Claypool on the field. Because when you put him on, you're going to have to take someone off. I just don't see them taking Juju Smith-Schuster or Deontay Johnson off the field that often. Will they sub him in for Washington? Yeah, I can see that. But again, if you're everyone's the, the two tight end sets are the soup du jour right now, these are things you have to be concerned with when trying to predict Chase Claypool's overall potential and his overall the overall expectations for him from a production standpoint. We know that he should be a red zone threat, and that's probably one of those situations they'll use him. They'll probably use him in the running game a good bit. I hope, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that Randy Feetner has learned his lesson last year with Zach Banner whenever he was considered an eligible uh, receiver or tight end, all they did was run. They never threw the ball. If Claypool is out there as an inline tight end, or if he's if they're running the old school, I love this formation, the bunch formation where you have three or four players, including a tight end on one side, you can run out of it, you can throw out of it. If they put Claypool there, they can't have him be a tell that they're always going to run out of that specific formation. But they're going to use him in the running game. He's huge. He's like a tight end. You'd be dumb not to. Their short yardage, if they're going to put a receiver out there, uh, you might have see him in there. And then obviously they could even use him as a flex tight end. So some people will say, oh my gosh, like if Eric Ebron gets hurt or if Vance McDonald gets hurt, if Vance McDonald gets hurt, he's a little bit he's a little bit more of a blocker. He's still not a great blocker. Ebron's not really a blocker either. They could use Claypool in a tight end, a flex tight end position, and the offense from a passing perspective would be fine. So that should ease the, the concern a little bit from some of these fans that might be really wondering what's going to happen at the tight end position. So let's wrap this thing up. Wrapping it up, I look at Chase Claypool and ask, what kind of production can he have? Because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to him producing and putting points on the board for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. It's what it comes down to. And I think that he's going to be able to do that. It might not be at the clip that fans want. There might be games where he kind of disappears. That happens to every rookie. There might be some games where you're wondering, man, where the heck is Claypool? He just might not have been in the game plan that week. They might have wanted to focus on two tight ends with Ebron and McDonald. 
and really run the football. Or they might have uh, they might have an inkling that someone like Juju Smith-Schuster would be best in the slot. So they put Deontay Johnson at your X and your James Washington at the Z, and they say, here's how we're going to run this. We're going to have Juju in the slot. Therefore, Chase Claypool might only see the, the field a, a few snaps on offense. He's always going to be there on special teams, I feel, but on offense it might be different. So the expectation should be he can make a difference. I think he will make a difference, but let's pump the brakes on the Juju Smith-Schuster type rookie season. It would be awesome if you did. I'm not going to be. You're not going to hear me uh, being upset if that happens. I'll eat crow until the cows come out. And I just don't think the fans should expect that. I think Claypool is going to be a really, really good player, and fans should be really excited to see what he can bring. If anything, Joe Hayden's comments Tuesday should only add to that excitement. Should only add to it. So with that said, I hope you're getting excited. I know I am. If you listen to my Monday show, that was what it was all about, was just getting excited for this upcoming season. The pads are popping in training camp. We have all the coverage that you could possibly need at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I truly hope you're making that your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers' needs. It is everything from film room breakdowns, statistical analysis, recaps from the day that was, previews of the day that's coming up. You have comments commentary news opinion we have it all and also don't forget about all the other podcasts if you don't follow us on youtube and you want to catch a live show in the afternoon you can check it out go to youtube.com and search btse steelers radio and you'll see me on like the steelers preview every thursday night you won't hear the preview until friday at noon Thursday night show is the Steelers preview, in which I'm a part of that with Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. So make sure you're following us on all our platforms. If you're on Spotify, follow the show so you don't miss anything. iTunes, subscribe, give a good comment, five-star rating. Really, really appreciate it. My gosh, guys and girls, we're only weeks away. There's no preseason. It's going to go from camp, let the bullets fly in week one when the Steelers go to New York to play the Giants. I'm sorry, New Jersey. And MetLife Stadium to play the New York Giants is the first of that Monday Night Doubleheader. I hope you are fully prepared for that. I know I am. I hope that you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. I'm Jeff Harbin, your host. I'll see you on Friday. Take care. God bless. See ya. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus